Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew right here on mazeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, and today we've got the squad back. Steven Asentoski has rejoined us from his editing bay in his house in Metro Detroit to crank down all those videos possible for the YouTube page. Steven, how you doing, man? It was quite the weekend. Uh, well, the, for quite the day, I guess, for Michigan hoops. We'll see how it goes uh, with this next game. But how you doing? Doing well, doing well. It's been a nice couple of days off of not uh, editing twenty four seven. We'll uh, we'll see. This Michigan team keeps uh, keeps going on, and I'll have to keep up the re- recap videos. Who knows? Maybe a Final Four video. So we'll see. So no, it's 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 yeah, it's exciting, fun to watch. I I just gotta apologize to you because you worked so hard on this Michigan hockey video. And then the day it drops is the day that they have to pull off of the tournament. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. really unfortunate. And it was a great video. If you haven't seen it, it's still worth a view because it is it's awesome. Uh, so just want to apologize on uh, whoever's behalf uh, to you for that. But uh, a great video nonetheless. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Also joining us today. Uh, not to be outdone by Stephen is John Simmons. Also with us per usual. John, how are you doing, my friend? Good. I am feeling a little uh, outdone because I just overcooked some salmon for dinner. <laughs> oh, you you had salmon tonight too, here. huh? I, yeah. I, just, I just wow, we were on the same wavelength there. I just uh, just had some. Stephen, is it three for three tonight, or are you doing something else? Nah, man. I had some some curry. It was like completely like probably opposite side of the spectrum is salmon. I mean, you, you guys got the Von John connection. I'm over here eating just this rice and garbanzo bean curry thing i mean it was great it was great don't get me wrong but uh man i gotta get on that same wavelength you know put on put on my don hat the don john von yeah yeah it will get it going no you're you're not clearly uh (laughs) me and john are are uh, we're we're on the same wavelength there but don't worry you'll get there someday i have all faith uh all the trust and all the faith in the world for you but uh but today on the pod, uh, we're going to dive a little further into the world of official visits. But first, we're going to talk about uh, the biggest recruit for Michigan in the 22 class, who's just on campus uh, this past weekend for an unofficial visit. And that was Walter Nolan, 6'4", 300 pounds out of Tennessee, ranked number two overall. The number one defensive tackle in the class came up for that unofficial visit this weekend, spent the entire weekend in Michigan, spent some time in Ann Arbor, spent some time in Detroit as well, catching up with some family. And uh, reportedly, the visit went about as well as it possibly could have. Uh, Really, the only downside to this was that Will Johnson, who is uh, very close with uh, Walter Nolan in this uh, recruiting battle here, was not able to see him uh, in person because he was down in Indianapolis for a seven-on-seven competition this past weekend. Uh, also there was uh, Michigan commit Cody Jones, who's also been chatting uh, with Walter Nolan quite a bit um, just about that opportunity to play together at U of M. Uh, they've been close for a while. So obviously Cody Jones is going to be recruiting him as well. So uh, according to Sam Webb over at the Michigan insider, Nolan is going to be back in town uh, this summer for Michigan's big recruiting weekend uh, from June 18th to 20th. They're calling that Victor's weekend. Uh, which John, to me, it really seems pretty important here that he's already made those plans really on the same day that he left town 
or at the very latest, I guess, the same day that he left town because he left today uh, recording on Monday here. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, John, it really sounds like this weekend helps uh, Michigan's chances of potentially landing him. Yeah, I think uh, this was a big step in Michigan's recruitment of him. I think he got to be on campus for a good chunk of time, you know, over the course of four days. Um, that's a lot of time, and I think it shows how high his interest is in the program. Um, I think he commented about that the food was good in Ann Arbor, so that's always a plus for a big 300-pound lineman that he knows he can get good foot food up here. Um, and I think it just sets a stage for his official visit in June, which I think uh, – will be another momentous uh, stepping stone here. If Michigan wants to land him, I don't, I haven't seen what other officials, if any, he's set up yet. Um, so I'm interested to see those as well, because I think that'll help narrow down his uh, list of top nine schools. I think he released. So I already think Michigan's in the top, uh, maybe even third of that group. And I, I think uh, getting that official just affirms that more. Yeah, for sure. Cause he, um, what I was reading, at least from Sam Webb, was that, I mean, he obviously has the top 10, but it sounds like he wanted to cut it down to a top eight at some point soon. And if Michigan is already set to get one of those five official visits, uh, I would venture to say that uh, Michigan's at least in the top five. You say the top third of that, so that might be a little higher. Uh, it, it's got to be somewhere in that range. Uh, Steven, want to get your take on all of that, because I would imagine uh, whenever this next cut down comes from his list, I would imagine Michigan's probably on that. Yeah, they have to. And I think Michigan's in a rare spot here for a defensive tackle to say like, listen, you're going to play right off the bat and you are going to be a monumentous part, both physically and uh, recruiting wise to this class. And I, I think a lot of other schools may try to take that angle as well but I think Michigan can point at their depth chart extremely well uh, to suit that sort of pitch better than most other teams. So I think for a guy like him, he'll probably get time wherever he goes right away. But I think that should set up Michigan extremely well. Getting him on the books for an official visit already is extremely good for Michigan's chances. And it just seems like a recruitment that Michigan is going to leave no stone unturned, right? They're going to really be in it until the end. And that's all you can do for guys like this, right? If he wants to go to a Bama, stay in state, go to uh, Tennessee, anything like that, then you kind of shrug and say, well, we, we threw everything we had at him. We have a favorable depth chart for him, academics, everything like that, family in the state. We have everything going in our favor. And it was literally just his preference to go elsewhere. So I feel like that's the approach Michigan's taking. And it's nice to kind of see that Michigan is going all in on this sort of approach and ensuring that it's not going to be a lost recruitment for a, a lack of effort. And it seems like a potential good fit for a lot of the check boxes that should be on Walter Nolan's list. Yeah. Michigan's got a lot really going for them in this recruitment. Not only do you have pretty much every recruiter on staff going after him with Jim Harbaugh, Sean Nua, Maurice linguist, obviously being in there, uh, you've got recruits going after him as well. Cody Jones, I've already mentioned, and Will Johnson. Uh, Taylor Groves also being another Tennessee guy uh, who's more than likely going to be pushing for him uh, to come to Ann Arbor as well. So there's just a lot going in this recruitment. And then, Stephen, you just mentioned uh, the local ties there as well. He's got family in the area in Detroit. And it really sounded like uh, part of 
the trip from Ann Arbor to Detroit was not only just to go visit that family, but see how far of a drive it was uh, to potentially, if you wanted to go hang out with some family for a little bit, uh, you'd be able to do that. And Detroit to Ann Arbor is definitely not uh, a far drive by any means, probably 40, 45 minutes, uh, give or take, uh, just depending on traffic. So definitely a lot going for Michigan in this recruitment. And yeah, I, uh, I agree with you, Steve, and I think they're going to be in it until the very end, whenever that ends up being. I would anticipate him taking all five official visits just because all these other schools that are on his top list are, are top tier schools, uh, football and academic wise. Obviously, uh, he's got uh, tons of schools going after him and it's going to be a tough cut down uh, for him, I would imagine, uh, given uh, he's uh, obviously the number one defensive tackle in the class, number two overall on that composite, he's a heavily wanted guy and uh, he, he's definitely going to have the opportunity uh, to go wherever he wants. And, and I also agree with Steven uh, with you in the sense that he really would have an opportunity right off the bat to play uh, immediately and get significant minutes uh, along the defensive line. He is versatile. Uh, he's very quick for his size at six, four, 300. You wouldn't anticipate him being as fast and, and mobile as he is, but you flip on the tape and he proves you otherwise. Uh, he, he's definitely a versatile piece along the defensive line that wherever he ends up going, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. So, uh, John, just want to get your take on all of that as well. And uh, just given everything going for Michigan, uh, where you see them uh, really just at the moment, I know you said the top third, but uh, do you see it growing uh, as this time goes on with, I mean, he set his first official visit at least publicly to Michigan that uh, to me, that that's uh, uh, could pay dividends uh, for Jim Harbaugh and company down the road. Yeah. I think an important part in this recruitment too, is something you talked about a bit briefly. There is his, the Michigan's uh, current commits going after him. You know, he has a pre-existing relationship with, with Cody Jones. I know he mentioned in a interview uh, today or yesterday that he, talked with Nolan before about going to the same high school together, even in, uh, before all of this. And since that didn't happen, you know, let's just go to the same college together. So I think that's a cool uh, connection that he has with Michigan already. And then of course, Will Johnson, who's taken over as kind of the lead recruiter in this class. Um, it was a bit of a bummer. He wasn't able to connect with Nolan um, when he was on campus. He couldn't get back in time from his, his uh, event, but um, he did set his official visit as the same weekend as known. So Johnson will also be on campus uh, for that Victor's weekend on the 18th. So I think that's going to be uh, really helpful. You, you know, you saw how he, him and uh, Deion Johnson connected with uh, Miles Pollard, another guy from Tennessee last weekend getting dinner with him. And I think he could have the, the similar impact with Nolan and his family, um, especially, you know, Nolan's grandparents from Detroit, they're um, a Detroit family as well. And I think they could, they could have a lot to, to talk about and, and grow that bond. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, it's just uh, every avenue you look at, it's just something positive in Michigan's favor. Um, it really seems like there's a lot in Michigan's favor at this moment. Steven, do you think there's anything potentially going against Michigan in this recruitment? Because, I mean, uh, other than maybe the on-field production, is there anything from a recruiting standpoint you that you could see? Uh, that is going against Michigan or is it just strictly on-field production? Because at this point I, I, I would probably point toward uh, that on-field production being the one, uh, one burden uh, in, in really any recruitment of any top recruit. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because in terms of like potential fit, you know, we've heard from the defensive staff saying they're going to be multiple. I'm sure they're going to shift around uh, and they seem to be willing to shift around the defense based on the personnel. So obviously having a guy like Walter Nolan, you can almost define a defense around a talent like that and ensure you kind of like, you know, I don't want to say Michigan created a defense around Jabril Peppers, but Jabril Peppers unlocked a lot of things that 2016 defense could do for sure. And Walter Nolan is an elite talent like that, that again, you can do a lot of things that you probably couldn't do without a guy like that in your defense. So I think, again, I, I don't think there's anything like really working against Michigan besides, like you said, maybe not having like the true success of, you know, probably most programs that have a reasonable shot at him, that's going to be their main pitch, right? It's going to be, hey, listen, we have rings, we have national championships, playoff appearances, and Michigan uh, simply doesn't have that. So if if that's more important, that proven success, and Walter Nolan isn't interested in building something up, like Michigan kind of has uh, leaned on for the 2021 offensive class, right? So that's something that Michigan's going to have to probably work against, but also I think that's more of something that Walter Nolan will have to buy into as well. The, that concept of building up Michigan's defense, you know, there was a lot of pieces missing last year. Look at how much room there is for you to help improve this. And that's simply something that Michigan can, can do their best to pitch and just hope that Walter Nolan has sort of a desire to be a part of that, that building blocks for this new defense. Yeah. To be the, a part of that, new defense and and be a part of a potential change. And we obviously heard a lot of that uh, from the offensive side of the ball in the 21 class with JJ McCarthy and Xavier Worthy and Donovan Edwards, obviously wanting to change the program around as far as putting points on the board. And we're probably going to see that a lot moving forward on the defensive side of the ball, obviously with Will Johnson and Cody Jones being the two most uh, talkative and, and the voice of uh, this recruiting class so far on the defensive side, uh, you would anticipate that moving forward with guys like Walter Nolan and other top recruits uh, in this class that they end up going after. Obviously Nolan being the biggest uh, a guy at the moment on the board here. Um, John, I, I just wanted to throw it back over to you one final time. Did you have any other final thoughts on anything that could be hindering Michigan in this recruitment? Because like I keep saying, I mean, it, it just really seems like, uh, the Wolverines got a lot going for them, but I just wanted to get your take on it real quick. Yeah, it's going to be come down to will Michigan put them in position to succeed, to be developed and put them at the next level. I think that's going to be the main thing that he and most prospects look at. And Michigan's done well, you know, getting players drafted. They're, they're tops and uh, they're at the top of a lot of lists um, since Harbaugh got here. But I, I do think, uh, other schools can definitely point at their failures on the field and transfer rates and everything like that, that um, could definitely have some negative impact on Nolan. Um, but, you know, Michigan has done well in the defensive line, uh, but that was before Sean knew it. So I think a lot of those draft picks were Greg Madison. So, you know, it's just going to be a back and forth, like most recruitments, some schools will say some bad thing about Michigan or a good thing about their program. And Michigan will come back with another point in their favor and, it's just going to be a long haul and Michigan's got to have the, the effort and high energy level to stay in it for, you know, the next uh, seven, eight, nine months until he decides. So it's just going to be uh, buckle down for the long run. Yeah. Well, I think that high energy level that you brought up, I think that's 
pretty much the reason why Harbaugh went and hired all of those uh, new young assistant coaches to be able to stay in these recruitments longer than they have been uh, in recent history. So we'll definitely see if that ends up paying dividends with Walter Nolan uh, moving forward. But uh, we are going to take a break now. We will come back and talk about uh, more visits lining up here. Uh, but first, let's talk about Homefield, uh, our latest sponsor here on Maize and Brew Podcast. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear. So they really don't screw around when it comes to those designs because the team over at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crewnecks. They've got it all so you can stay cozy. So if you're looking for some of that vintage apparel, look no further than Homefield and use the promo code MNB as in Maize and Brew to get 20% off the entire first order. Again, 20% off, not just one item, that's the entire order. So use promo code MNB at checkout. Again, 20% off that entire first order. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. All right, everybody, we are back. Thanks for sticking around. We've got more official visitors to talk about uh, because since our last podcast here, uh, more visitors have been finalized. And we just talked about Walter Nolan and uh, Will Johnson, Cody Jones, uh, those guys uh, locking in uh, their official visits and uh, Michigan's going to be getting a couple other targets on campus in June. And uh, two more guys have been added to that Victor's weekend list that we keep talking about. And those guys are four-star offensive lineman Lucas Heyer and three-star defensive end Joseph Adedire. Uh, we've talked about Heyer a little bit on the podcast, but for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, he's 6'5", 307 from St. Paul, Minnesota. He's ranked three. 113th overall uh, on the composite. Uh, there's one crystal ball in for Michigan as of today. And so far his Ann Arbor visit is the only one that he has uh, set up officially at Meanwhile, uh, not really a guy that we've talked a ton about, uh, but it's looking like he's going to be a, a top target ish guy for the Wolverines. We'll kind of see where things go here. Uh, he's 6'3", 250 pounds. He's from Arlington, Texas, which is obviously a state that they've been trying to hit uh, quite a bit uh, since the new defensive coaching staff has taken over. Uh, he's number 526 overall and the number 35 strong side defensive end. Uh, he'll also be officially visiting Georgia Tech uh, the weekend prior. And the reason that's significant or perhaps significant, whichever way you want to take it, is because uh, Georgia Tech is the first school that offered him uh, just a couple months ago. And since then, his recruitment's kind of taken off. So, John, let's talk about Adedire real quick, because we really don't know about him a ton at this point in the recruitment. Uh, but you wrote about him in uh, the Tuesday recruiting roundup, and his recruitment is really starting to take off here. So it uh, could be a very good early official visit for Michigan if he ends up just you know, keeps going up and up and up in the rankings and more offers roll in. Yeah, I think he's a good um, ID by the staff. I think he definitely has potential to be a riser um, and get some bigger offers down the road. Uh, I think he's definitely an edge prospect uh, right now between defensive end or outside linebacker is, you know, yet to be seen. I know he's listed 250, but watching his film, he doesn't really – look that big at all. He still seems pretty slim. So he carries weight well. 
and is definitely just a pure off the edge type guy um, that, that has a lot of production in the state of Texas, which is uh, pretty good. I'm not sure about his, what, you know, classification his high school is at, but, but um, he definitely uh, gets the quarterback a lot. And I think he's another guy that you can just throw him in the pile of these guys that uh, are outside linebackers or defensive ends that just um, pin their ears back and go after the, the, the quarterback. I think Michigan's just offering like two of these guys a day. It seems like there's a big group yeah. and Adedire definitely has the potential to, to rise up that board and, uh, you know, confirming that official visit. Um, I think could move him up a lot too. I think that he's do definitely be a take. And um, if he's interested, I, th- I could see him in the class for sure. I think, um, you know, mentioned Georgia tech the week before, I think he has also has interest in Northwestern. So I think um, academics are also something that he prioritizes highly. So I think Michigan will obviously do well there and has a lot to show him on that facet too in his visit. So I think uh, we'll see where his recruitment is in June. He could, blow up and be a national guy we could still be in this niche he is now but i think either way michigan found a good guy here and uh he would be a good addition to the class yeah he's got other offers from arizona and boston college cal uh indiana iowa state you mentioned northwestern uh so definitely some some good academic schools there we'll definitely wait and see uh, if if that recruitment ends up taking off because like i said I, i think it could be uh pretty good and like you mentioned as well, a good uh, a good find early on for the staff. Uh, we'll certainly see. Stephen, wanted to get your take on Adedire as a prospect because I mean, like we've mentioned so far, things are slowly picking up here. Uh, what do you think of him as a, a potential player in this new defense? Because I mean, he like John said, could be a D end, could be an outside linebacker, kind of one of those tweeners. And I, I want to uh, co-sign what John said. It does seem like they're uh, offering a couple of these guys pretty much every other day. It, it just seems like all, all these D end outside linebacker guys are like they're tall and and they're thick. You don't really know where they're going to end up uh, at the next level, but could end up being a pretty nice players. Yeah, given I like what John said on how he carries his weight, he is shocked me watching his film and how uh, he was already at 250 pounds. So usually you see these guys, it's like, well, we, we kind of have to like sculpt him a little bit, you know, maybe cut down, give him at efficient weight. And he's a guy who can uh, really bulk up and I think keep a lot of his his functionality as an edge player right now. So given that size, I think he probably has more potential than possibly some of the other kind of tweener linebacker rush uh, edge guys to grow into like a, a defensive, a true defensive end down the line. Um, but that's a great thing about these kind of guys where initially their strength lies with their sort of speed around the edge and you can deploy them early in that sense, right? With, without needing the expanded skill set of a defensive end, you can bring guys in certain, certain packages. And if Michigan, you know, continues to recruit 35 of these guys, it's going to confuse the offense on, you know, what the actual skill set of these guys are. Um, and then down the line, they can grow into uh, the defensive end position as they uh, gain experience within that, within that system. So I think I like him as kind of a, a defensive end just because of the frame and how well he holds that, uh, that weight at 250 already. I think he can easily add 30 pounds through the years and, and grow into that. If he doesn't, you know, I, I still do like his, uh, his skill set. He's very efficient, especially with his footwork. Um, good change of direction and the acceleration is there. 
you know, I think he does have limited moves at this point. He did show like one spin move. I saw some stack and shed, but his hands are the biggest area of improvement for him. So, you know, if you're going to grow into a true defensive end, that's one area he'll absolutely need to, uh, to develop if he wants to become functional there, but you know, everything's there from, from an edge prospect at this point, it's just a matter of, of how he grows. So, uh, at 500, I think he, he could be a top 300 player. Maybe, you know, these guys are always kind of limited just because they're in between positions. So I, I would, it's doubtful if he can gain beyond that sort of threshold, but, uh, I think he's got a, a lot of potential and, um, you know, if the academics is a priority, which it seems to be for him based on the offers and Georgia tech interest, then, uh, Michigan's in a good spot. Yeah, I would say so as well. And, uh, I mean, his, his recruiting ranking history is, is pretty short here. So it, it could definitely see him uh, moving up here, especially with him playing down in Texas. You would imagine he's probably playing good competition there as well. So uh, let's move over to offense. Steven, I'm just going to stick with you, my man, because you love offensive linemen. Always saying take as many offensive linemen as possible. Higher. Uh, is definitely one of the more talented ones. Michigan already has a left tackle in their class and Cody Jones, but you would imagine that Lucas Hire probably fits the mold for what you would look for in a right tackle as well. But there's some positional versatility there as well. What do you like about him? And uh, it really seems like Michigan's out in front here too with that crystal ball. And there's been a lot of Michigan talk recently. Yeah, he's got good size. The footwork is there for him as well. When he's actually engaged with the guy, you know, good luck. He'll, he'll steam over you, and there's plenty of that in his film. Um, I do want to see him fire off a bit quicker and a bit lower. It's hard because it looked like he outmatched quite a few of, of the guys, which a lot of these, you know, higher higher quality uh, offensive linemen are, are um, want to do or are more likely to do in, in – uh, high school ball. So it, that's something where it's kind of hard to judge how athletic this guy really is just because it looks like he's standing uh, up a little more straighter just because of how tall he is comparatively. So, but I do think his, his fire off could be a little bit quicker, um, but his ability to shift from one block to the next is really impressive. So, uh, you know, if he's engaged with the defensive lineman shifting to a blitzing linebacker, that's uh, kind of what I would call the eyebrow raiser from his film where he showed the ability to shift blocks uh, really well. And that shows a level of, of athleticism that um, that is really important. And I, I think will translate to the next level. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it, it's kind of hard to say again, when these guys are so physically dominant over uh, over most of their competition, but I like the, uh, especially when you're, you get the goal line view um, of seeing his ability in space. Um, and, you know, I think he, he had a good drop step, but run the run blocking is really where he excels right now. So uh, it seemed like he had a nasty attitude as well. So that's, you know, you're kind of in trouble if, if a high school guy doesn't have a little bit of an attitude. And I, I like guys who are uh, going for the pancake and uh, he definitely has a little bit of that as well. So he checks a lot of the boxes, just, I think that initial explosiveness may be firing off a little bit lower in his stance uh, that could take his, his skill set to the next level. Look, if there's one position that you want uh, uh, that kind of mental 
ability there uh, to just, you know, give no Fs is uh, the offensive line. So, I mean, just, yeah, do the pancakes, keep it going. Steven Spinellis versus Notre Dame style. I'm all for it. Uh, John, I want to get your take on him uh, as a prospect as well. Uh, Michigan's been on him for quite some time. Ed Warner was was recruiting him before he uh, uh, left town here. And uh, obviously, Sharon Moore has uh, picked up the pace with this recruitment. Still seems like Michigan's out in front because they've, they've still got the crystal ball. And uh, Michigan, this is the only official visit uh, that he has set up so far is to Ann Arbor. So it, it really seems like uh, if if Michigan wants them as of right now, they could easily take them. And I would expect that uh, they would if they're still going after him. So it really seems like Sharon uh, Moore has done a really good job uh, picking up where uh, Ed Warner left off. Yeah, I think he's one of the few guys that Moore like just as much as Warner. So um, Hires had the benefit of being recruited heavily for throughout this entire time instead of, um, you know, being picked up just when Moore took over the offensive line. So I think that is definitely one of the reasons why Michigan's uh, surged ahead seemingly so far uh, at this point. Um, I think it would be good to land. I don't know the last time uh, Michigan's land, a kid from Minnesota, but I think those other Midwest states, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, Iowa, it's, it's pretty tough to pull offensive linemen from um, usually. So I think that's, that'll be another good, uh, good win for, for more. Um, you see like Ben Bredesen was obviously a win. And I think the recruiting services are finally catching up on the reason why these big 10 West programs are having dominant offensive lines so often is not because these guys aren't good and they're coaching them up. It's just because they haven't gotten out there as much and scouted them. Um, so I think Lucas Hire could definitely has uh, a good ceiling. Um, I think he could potentially move inside to, to guard at the next level too. Um, I think he's, I like that nasty streak, especially if he was, you know, being used to pull a lot more. Um, I think that would be fun. He could definitely blow up some unexpected defensive linemen um, on some plays, which I think would be good. So um, he could be definitely a right tackle guard prospect in my mind. Um, but I think he's definitely good with when Connor Jones is already in the class as a pure left tackle. Um, so someone with position, position flexibility, like a Giovanni El Hadid, you know, last year, I think uh, is a good uh, prospect to add. Yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to give that comp as well. Just, I mean, if if he's able to go inside or play right tackle, that, that sounds like El Hadi. Uh, to a T. So uh, let's move on real quick to uh, one more guy who has set his official visit. Uh, it's not going to be for this Victor's weekend. It's going to be for the weekend after, which is June 25th. Uh, that's Darius Clements. And we've talked about him on the podcast quite a bit. Uh, four star wide receiver, six, three real big bodied guy. Who's also got speed uh, used to live in Michigan and uh, is f- uh, friends with Andrell Anthony, a wide receiver currently uh, freshman at U of M. Uh, so uh, a, a pretty big official visitor here, uh, John, I'll just stick with you. Cause uh, in my mind, I mean, it's unfortunate he can't make it out for this big official visit weekend, uh, but it's good that he's still interested enough in Michigan to plan the official visit in general, because at one point it really didn't seem like the interest was there or maybe the interest was fading a little bit, but it's clear that uh, he still, uh, still does have interest in Michigan. And you would hope that, uh, Josh Gaddis and, and Andrell Anthony and all those guys keep recruiting him hard. Cause I, I, again, I've said this over and over on the pod, but as a kid, I really like. Yeah. Michigan's got another good connection here that Andrell Anthony who's childhood friends with and still talks with a bunch. So that's 
um, a good deal. He's another prospect that has uh, released a top 10 a couple weeks ago, but now that he's scheduling official visits, you can kind of uh, glean from that who's in the upper half and he's, he has visits slated for Michigan, USC and Auburn so far. So it's safe to say those three are at the top of his mind. I don't know if he'll take an official visit to Oregon or not since he's, I don't know how close he is in the state, but uh, it seems more manageable than these other schools to get to on his own dime. So uh, they're considered another uh, likely candidate for him. So those schools are, are going after him as well. But um, I think based on that list, he's, he's open to go um, anywhere in the country. And I think he has that familiarity with Michigan, having grown up in the Lansing area. And uh, I think he still has family out there. So that's definitely helpful for sure. If he's going to go across the country again. Um, and he also played last season in Utah is because Oregon canceled their, their June, their fall season. So I, I don't think he's afraid to move uh, anywhere in the country. So that that's also helps Michigan a lot when you're going after these West coast prospects. Yep. Um, so I, I definitely like where Michigan stands. I think they have still have some work to do. I don't think they're as uh, high as, you know, maybe like a Tyler Morris or Caleb Brown or someone like that. But I think um, Ron Bellamy is going to have a, a real good chance to, to impress him in, on his visit. Or sorry, Steve. not Ron Bellamy anymore, but well, I'm sure he'll still uh, be yeah. involved in that recruitment just with his connections to Michigan. I, yeah, I would imagine so too. I, I, I would definitely anticipate that. Stephen, I'll end it with you because I kind of uh, going off what John said with Tyler Morris and Caleb Brown, Clemens is definitely uh, a different type of receiver from those guys. Those guys are more of the, the shorter, quicker, shiftier guys. Uh, but Giles Jackson, he's in the transfer portal now. Uh, that was just announced today. Uh, Steven, do you think that this recruitment, uh, just at the wide receiver position in general, is going to change at all with this 22 class? Because Michigan expanded their board a little bit when the new coaches came in, but haven't really heard a ton at the position in quite some time. Uh, I would imagine Tyler Morris is still uh, at the top of their list, as is Caleb Brown, uh, two top 100 players, more in that Giles Jackson mold uh, of a wide receiver. But do you anticipate wide receiver uh, recruiting changing at all uh, with that uh, transfer portal edition of Giles Jackson? Or do you think they keep going really hard after Clemens and, you know, whatever high ranked guys they want to go after? Yeah, I think it's it's tough, right? Because you want to recruit within a certain profile you want to have a good mix of types of receivers but you also want to you know if you shift your approach too much just based on one transfer then sometimes you're chasing recruits right because you had an early board uh you 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 look through the recruits to fit certain profiles and you had this idea of what you were approaching if one deviation changes that then the guys you initially reached out to um, you know, you might be behind if you're trying to shift that late in the game. If you only have a, a nine months or so to close your recruitment because of a Giles Jackson transfer, then you can almost set yourself up for a disadvantage. So I don't think it'll shift too much uh, with, with a guy like that, right? Maybe down the line now for future recruiting, you'll put a little, a little bit more emphasis on a guy with a similar skill set to Giles Jackson, but I don't think for this cycle, it will change it all that much. Um, but for Clemens himself, I, I feel like I'm missing something with him. Cause uh, I know he had a 4.37 40 time listed 
Uh, it says it's verified on his profile and it is from 2020. So, I mean, you have a guy with that sort of speed at six, three, two Oh five. And uh, man, you, you find me a hundred guys in the country that you would take rather than a guy with that skill set who can go up and catch it like Clemens. And I don't think I could find a hundred guys. That's yeah. That's pretty close to a unicorn for me to have a verified <laughs> time of that. And, yeah. uh, you know, he showed great body control, pretty polished route runner. Now, most of the routes he was running were deeper routes, which makes sense given his, his long speed there. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, even, and, and I'll, I'll end it with this, even if Michigan wanted to kind of shift their strategy, you don't do that with a guy like Clemens that you've, you've established a relationship with just because yeah. of how high of an athlete he is. You know, if you're going after maybe a three-star guys without the athletic profile that a guy like Clemens has, then sure. Maybe you can try to poke around a little bit more, but uh, man, Clemens seems like a top 100 guy just based on his skill set alone and his film kind of backs that up for me. Yeah. If you were playing at a more prominent place, I think he probably would be a, a top 100 guy, but, Hopefully his recruiting ranking catches up soon because he deserves it. I mean, that guy is a, he, he's a stud. I don't want to make any lofty comparisons, but there's one guy I'm thinking of that is that tall and that fast in the NFL. And uh, you guys can use your imagination if you want, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. Steven? At Steven Toski. You can follow Mason Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Just search Mason Brew and follow Steven's work on YouTube per usual and give us all the five-star reviews for all our podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, for John and Steven, I'm Vaughn. We'll talk to you guys next time. Go Blue.